morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. No one knew he scored at first. Not even Patty Maroon. Like, he even kind of like looked over Ben Bishop's shoulder to make sure that it happened. Is that in there? They went in there? <laughs> even the call, how often in Kenny Albert's career. By the way, Kenny Albert, Pierre Maguire, I don't want their jobs. I just want their miles, okay? Their travel miles, their air miles. Probably get a few, few free flights around the globe. Kenny Albert is everywhere. Fox boxing on a Friday, he's calling the game. Then there'll be a... Rangers home game, he's on it. Then there's a playoff game on NBC, and it's Kenny Albert. So even his call, he said, he celebrates, he scores. It's usually the reverse, correct? He scores, he celebrates. It was a unique call because it was a, and I think it was the angle, too, that a lot of people were surprised. You know, get one past Ben Bishop. He celebrates, he scores. Right? Is that not the reverse? In your whole lifetime, he celebrates, he scores. If you just played that audio to someone who didn't know what happened in the game, it's just, just listen to this and tell me what happens, you would think he has like an empty net and he starts pumping his fist right. before the puck was he rolling shoots towards the net. Uh, Tim Anderson, he celebrates, <laughs> he homers. Uh, we should get Kenny on the show because I'm sure he would say, I wasn't sure if it was in. Pat Maroon, the game winner, mentioned this stat with Frank earlier. Blues winning game three over the Stars last night, four to three. Remember what we said. Great goaltending. It's going to be a real low-scoring series. Bunch of one-nothing games. Yeah. Not last night. You had a combined four goals in the third period, but Pat Maroon beating Ben Bishop with 138. And Frank's tweet got a ton of reaction. It just said Oakville beats Chaminade. Why does Frank hate Chaminade? Oakville, it was the St. Louis kid on the Blues roster putting it past the St. Louis kid on the Stars roster. What a great third period it was. A lot of frustration. Blues get a power play while leading 2-1. to one. You're less than seven minutes to go. And as I'm walking to the set at Fox 2 for those must-see highlights at around I was getting ready to change the channel. No, Martin. you weren't. <laughs> Just at that point, I heard the, ah, you can hear the whole building scream. Because everybody, editors, producers, assignment desk, sports office, everybody's got the game on. Because Fox 2 is probably in a quick break or something. And you hear the scream, and I go back. I run back on the way. They're on the power play. They go, yeah, they gave up a goal. I'm like, no, no, no. Blues are on the Yeah, they gave up a goal. Shorthanded. So then you're tied at two, and Petro answers, the captain. And I've told you before, when it comes to hockey, I'm the Hoosier fan who always says, shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. And when I'm riding the elevator on Saturday, and I told Al McKinnis, he said, me too. All right, now I feel a little better because, you know, I'm not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
I mean, not yet. And Chopper and I agree. So Petro shoots at scores. You're 3-2. Now, okay, walking to the set again, Fox 2. All right, they got this. It's, do we update the score? Guys, can we update the score when it's now 3 to? No, the Stars just tied it. Making changes to your notes. Excuse me? Okay, Blues lead 3-2, three, three, three. and now it's ah, oh, Scratch it out but again. As a Blues fan, now you can say it. Doesn't it make it better? That emotional ride. I mean, maybe you thought you were going to have a heart attack, and maybe you threw your remote across the room when it was 2-2 or when it was 3-3. Maybe you cursed the hockey gods or said, I hate this team. You probably went through a lot of those emotions, but because it was such a wild roller coaster ride, when it's over, it's better. Game six with the David Freeze. What if Josh Hamilton doesn't homer, right? And Because at that point, you're like, oh, crap, we're going to lose. And then Berkman has the huge hit. You're like, well, wait a minute. We're not going to lose. And they never lost the lead. I think that was the key. You had a one nothing lead. You got that goal early. Pareko with the shot. Schwartz, the deflection. He's got six playoff goals right now. Jaden Schwartz, who was promoted to the first line by Chief. And we always say, Chief, any lineup changes or roster changes, any line changes that we care about, that was one we cared about because it involved your first line. He took Perron off. Perron wasn't happy about it. Made a joke about Hitchcock. Moved Schwartz up to the first line. So you led one nothing, They tied it. You led 2-1. They tied it. You led 3-2. They tied it. You got that last goal. Pat Maroon, the St. Louis kid, third career playoff game-winning goal. That just surprises me a ton for a guy who's not known for his scoring touch at all. Blues win that game. Game four is going to be at 8.30-ish on Wednesday night in Dallas. And the animosity, we joked about it that it was Jamie Benn. And a uh, friend of the show, Sean Conroy, formerly of the Two Fox, now the ITAP proprietor. That's got to be a Hoff hangout. ITAP? Ooh, I have an ITAP. All the beers. Central West there. End location is very nice. You go upstairs What you there? do is yes. you go to Shake Shack, you buy some food there, and you bring it over to ITAP and have some beers there while eating. Well, Sean Conroy, walking into the game on Saturday, I see him, and he's wearing a Conroy jersey. The old Craig Conroy, 22, except for Sean at... It's double meaning there because, hey, look at me. I'm I'm Conroy. He tweeted out before the game, will somebody please punch Jamie Benn in the, I'll just say privates. I'll clean oh, it up. Oh, why not the face, the stomach? It was funnier when his word rhymed with Rick. It was a funnier tweet that way. But I think we've changed. And why did I blank again? The guy with the L, the guy that's flopping. Why do I keep forgetting his name? Lindell. 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 Lindell, who Strick said embarrassing. Is he? Can you be a villain in a series, though, if it's for just sort of being a wuss? He's got a very forgettable name. Isn't the better? Twice now in the last ten minutes, we've had to look up his name. Like, what's the kid's name again? What's Lindell? Okay. (laughs) Isn't the villain the one who should be doing the face wash or doing the late hits? Can you be a villain if you're flopping? I think he's doing it. It seems like he got everyone's attention. And Bortuzzo's thinking, all right, I just wouldn't mind. Let's, it's hockey, right? Let's do a little hitting here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross-check a little bit. You, you can take this. And the guy flopped three, four times in a row. I don't think he was getting hit that hard. But what a thrilling game. Blues win. And now during this playoff run, you've won six games. I have a hard time remembering each game. I'm sure Hockey Bob could break it all down. But for sure, the most exciting game was the game five win in Winnipeg. The three late goals to John Kelly. This is crazy. Then you have a home game six to close him out. 
that win last – I mean, it's unbelievable during a playoff run how it all just sort of blends together. But it's just thrilling hockey on any given night. And you could just go back and rank them. That's not even the most thrilling game that they've had so far, and it was great hockey. Blues winning it. Craig Berube, Chief, I believe is what they call him, with the right touch. And it was a double win because the Cardinals also won last night, 6-3. They're now 18-10. and This stat is a little misleading. Cardinals tweeted it out. wins? The 18 wins, this is the earliest, right, that they've had 18 wins in the history of the franchise. And they pointed out, we've been doing this for a long time, however, 100-plus years. It's a little deceiving because the season started on March 28th, right? Most seasons typically would start on April 2nd, April 3rd. Nonetheless, you're 18 and 10, and you're 9 and 2 over your last 11. You got a Michael Walker start that I, I think I predicted five innings, three runs. I only bring that up when we get it right. It's like the weather guy. Yeah, we nailed it. When you totally blow it, then you don't bring it up the next day. But Waka was just sort of iffy, shaky. Don't compound that by then pointing it out, Martin. Just Correct. Roll. Well, I'm making fun of the weather guys. Oh. But actually, no, it's, I'm doing the same thing. I'm guilty. Why does Martin hate the weather? I was say, no, no, I love the weather come guys. Come treat your coworkers like no. that on the air this time? Uh, the Big Bear is on pace for 162 RBIs. I don't want to be a wet blanket, Hoff, but I don't think he's going to get there. But he is on pace for 162. Do you ever point out when you go to your sports cast after weather and say, why did you have so much time? You were wrong yesterday. Because then they might say, didn't you predict uh, the Blues to win the Cup in the last eight years? Yeah, I kind of did. Uh, Yadier Molina, the hitting streak is now 16. The Nats are a weird team, aren't they? And we talked to Bob Carpenter. They have a lot of young talent, a lot of players you'd be excited to have on your roster. A lot of name recognition, I feel like. you got big names to go with the new names, Soto, Robles, the young guys. Was Carpenter the uh, big Anthony Rendon fan? Rendon, yeah. We're talking to Bob Carpenter, the voice of the Nats, and you have Ryan Zimmerman, you've got Rendon, you still have Max Scherzer, and you still have Strasburg. You've got all these names. They're not very good, and on top of it, nobody goes. <laughs> right? I mean, the place is empty. Isn't that weird? They're spending a half a billion dollars on three guys. Right? They, they're doling out money like crazy. And was it not notable how empty the building 17, was? 17,000 people. I don't, I don't think there I'm were 17,000. I'm not 70, a big 000. fan of crowd shaming, but it's not a good sign when there is a let's go blues chant <laughs> that is hearable, that you could hear audibly is it hearable? through a tel- television broadcast, audibly through a television <laughs> broadcast in your home ballpark. Like It's one thing if it happens at Bush Stadium, which it did when they were playing Winnipeg, but in Washington, D.C., where the Nationals play, where they have a hockey team, there was a Let's Go Blues chant. And it was, and I think Dan Mack, Danny Mack and Brad Thompson kind of joked about it. And they said, well, they'll, they'll be getting here in a little bit. The uh, trains are running late. That's what it is, trains are. For a franchise that's been pretty good, I know they're disappointed about Harper not being there. The Cardinals are, are a draw in most markets on an, any given night, even though it's a Monday night. I think but- there are a lot of transplants. From St. Louis to D.C., so that leads to a decent amount of Cardinal fans showing up. Uh, unbelievable how few people were there, but the Cardinals rally. They win. Jordan Hicks gets his ninth save, but he's not the closer, Not the right? closer. It's a closer by committee, which is right now a committee of, of one. Yeah, so if it's not – I was looking at it last night. It's at 6-3. Could you roll out a Miller just to see? It's a three-run lead. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm probably not there. I probably know I've got a win in hand. Even though Hicks just pitched a day for, I've got a win in hand. 
I'm going to lock that down. And if you tell me he's not available the next night, I'll live with that. Because the next night I might be losing 10 to nothing. I've got a chance to win wow, this. Wow, blanket. I'm saying. Imagine if Mike Schultz said that post game. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever consider that maybe uh, <laughs> you maybe give Hicks the day off and then have him ready for Wednesday and Thursday? Well, Are you crazy? We, we have might Wainwright be going tomorrow. We might be losing 10 nothing. <laughs> we might be down 10 zip tomorrow. i got to get the win in hand. Uh, and they did. Hicks now with his ninth save. And he does seem to be maturing before our eyes. You know, our frustration with Alex Reyes is that we're just waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to play out in front of your eyes. With Jordan Hicks, I feel like he's truly, not not just that he's in the closing role and he's got nine saves. I feel like his pitch selection, maybe it's working with Molina, but doesn't it seem like he's making smarter pitches? He seems more effective in that role than he has been. And he seems, he's able, I think, when he falls behind to get it back quickly it seemed like last year and i say this knowing that it's a 20 21 year old throwing 103 and that's a very difficult thing to learn control of but last year if he came into a game and he fell behind early it just seemed like it was going to be a rough inning for him that it was gonna be a lot of balls a lot of walks he was gonna have to get players to chase this year and i think what you really wanted to see was an increase in strikeouts that was the i think the one knock against him was Sure, he throws hard, and his pitches dance, but he's not eliciting any swings and misses. He's not missing bats. Last year's strikeout per nine inning was 8.1. This year, as we sit here today, it's 11.4. His whip last year was 1.3. Today, it's 0.8. So he's becoming, developing into that reliever in that kind of dominant role that you were hoping to see him develop into. And it's crazy because we would throw that name out there. And say it looks like Hicks the closer, and they they were kind of like, eh, let's not say that. You got Miller, you got Ray, we got the big on any given night. It could be any of the three, and now we're like, okay, that's over. <laughs> Remember that whole discussion? Yeah, on any given night. Well, Reyes is in Jupiter, okay. Andrew Miller's not the guy to close out a game, so it's it's Jordan Hicks. Uh, but really, today should be all about the Blues, right? Dramatic game, uh, win like that, and when we talk villains, Frank brought up a bunch, and then I started scribbling them down in my car earlier. The text line started. I'm like, wait a minute. I was going to. I had written down Kirk Maltby because for a while you'd always face Detroit. 98, 2001, two ish, somewhere in there. You're always facing Detroit. Chris Draper is the kind of guy who would just get under your skin because you didn't think he was that good. And then he would score against you. But I think number one all time for me, and I can still hear the chants. I think it's still Al Secord. And maybe it was just when the, they played the Hawks. Secord sucks was a common chant. And he wasn't the goalie. I know they get on the goalies. Secord sucks was a common chant when the Blackhawks were. T- I said Willie Plett with the old North Stars. That got a vote, I believe, on the text line. We were talking about players that'll get under your skin, especially playoff time. Claude Lemieux was the guy on the Avalanche. He'd been around the league, but he was a winning player, but would do sort of anything. Frank mentioned Mike Ricci, who was at the Sharks game. The other night they had them. They they do a thing called the door openers or something, and they have former players who open the door. Is Mike Ricci who looks exactly the same for better or worse? Uh, for one series at least, Brent Seabrook. Remember? Yep. You take out Backus with a cheap shot. It's a wakey wakey Backus. That was probably around twenty fourteen ish. Now they did win the series. The Hawks did, but I think Seabrook reminded us at that point that we still hate the Hawks. Because we kind of stopped hating him for a minute because we liked Coach Q. And then Brent Seabrook cheap shot at Bacchus. Cheap shot. 
He made the list. Someone says Andrew Shaw of the Blackhawks. Oh, that's right. Was he suspended for a game for uh, not, think... naughty language on yeah. the ice? Yeah, he might have used a slur, I believe. Rhymed but... with maggot, yeah. I think is what he said. Now, Pat Verbeek, whose nickname was the Little Ball of Hate, if I'm, if I'm getting it correct, he did a slash on Turgeon when it was Blues and Stars. This has been about 20 years ago. Total che- just to the back of his leg. Ooh. Might have even gotten a game suspension. I forget the details. But Pat Verbeek then was hated, at least for that series. But historically, it's probably a Red Wings player, a Hawks player, maybe the North Stars. Back Dino Cicerelli, Cicerelli did seem to score a lot. I think his name got mentioned. Uh, Texter's most hated Blues opponent, 855-282-8255. And it's rarely the – that's what made the Jamie Benn thing unique is because he's the captain, one of their top players. It's usually somebody on that second or third line, maybe the fourth line, that would try and get under the skin. Like when you played the Blues, I'm sure every other team hated Tyson Nash. Every other fan base, you, you hate the guy like a, the Nat. That Tyson Nash would be. Who's the player on the Blues now? So in Dallas Sports Talk Radio, where like who are they? Who hating? are they hating right Probably now? Probably today they're making fun of Bortuzzo for yeah, the same guy beat up his own teammate, right? Got an extension for it. But there is no. I mean, Maroon's a big tough guy, but he hasn't done anything. He did. I think he did a. Uh, oh, earlier this year with Bishop, didn't he slide in and kind of do a little snow shower on him. Oh, Remember that? Yeah. Didn't he do that? And he said yeah. after the game that he's buddies with Bishop and they golf in the summer. But I don't know who Dallas would target because Steen's quiet in this game. Schwartz is a good player. Tarasenko is a good player, but doesn't O'Reilly doesn't get in anybody's face. Is there a Bozak, you know, doing his thing? I can't think of it. Maybe Perron the other day was throwing some elbows. Ben Bishop had a pretty good flop, by the way, in game two. So we're focusing on Lindell. Remember the the elbow from Perron on Saturday? Bishop gave that a little extra flair. Maybe a Perron, probably Bortuzzo today. I don't there isn't an obvious player. Like they don't have that Nat kind of player right now. Or even a resident tough guy that you could just hate because he's the resident tough guy. Like when Chaser was in his heyday and Twist was in his heyday, I don't know if they were hated. You always had a tough guy on every team, but it, it's different when it's the Nat. Somebody like a Tyson Nash who just gets under everybody's skin. Maybe a Maltby type player. Texters at 855-282-8255. Midday grind this hour brought to you by Appliance Discounters. We've been talking about those six area locations. Great success stories. Six area locations. Except something we got to do around here, Hoffer. Once we got to update the copy. There's going to be a seventh location for Appliance Discounters. That's coming your way on June 1st. It's for the Maplewood-Richmond Heights area, and it's going to be located right off McLeod Station Road. It's the Deer Creek Plaza, and it's the Art of Appliance and what they will offer here. Ooh, the Art of Appliance. The Art of Appliance. Like you like that? that? It's And that's not me. That's actually what the copy says. But the Art of Appliance is all about your favorite appliances, the biggest names, with some unique colors. You want a little uh, vibrant Appliance in your house, washing machine, maybe a unique color. That's what they're going to feature here. So looking forward to rolling this out. June 1st at Appliance Discounters' newest location. That's the one in Deer Creek Plaza off McLeod Station Road. For all of your appliance needs, you simply go online, theappliancediscounters.com, or stop by the ones that are open right now. Fairview Heights, Illinois, Webster Groves, City of St. Louis, South County, Baldwin, and St. Charles. And again, you can always begin that search online the appliance discounters 
fastededdie.com. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to check in with Fast Eddie. Then we're going to check in with Kenny Wallace. A couple of high-energy fun guys on a Tuesday. No wet blankets allowed. Although I believe I said the Cardinals would lose yesterday. And you also anticipate them being down 10 nothing. No, today. I didn't say that. No. <laughs> False so you, news. You expect a blowout loss tonight, it seems. What so. I'm saying is if you were on the fence last night about using Hicks because you'd used him just the day before or used him a lot lately, I think you go for the win that you have in hand, which I think is how Schilt is thinking. here. Okay, this may eliminate him from tomorrow, but you know what? I can't worry about tomorrow. I got to win here. I got to shut we're it gonna down. We're going to lose 10-0 tomorrow. No, I didn't. <laughs> bueno. Hey, Martin, did I hear you thought I'd be losing? To- no, that's not what I said. No, no, no. Now I feel like I'm in the Chuck Marlowe role. <laughs> false, Technically, what I meant was narrative. the offense is not going to score tomorrow. That's what I was saying. Not that you were going to give up 10 runs. Saying you could never count on that win the next night when you got the one. Dominic in- Leone could blow up in the, on, the, on the mound now again. So. That, is, that is possible, too. <laughs> All right, quick break here. It's the coveted hour, the midday grind on 590 The Fan.